His voice was edged with need. Do you hear me? Do you believe it now? There could be a thousand ranks between us, and I would not give one damn. Every blue-blooded vein in this body (gasps) pounds with desire for you. How dare everyone? Tessa dare. Madam. Like, now I understand her pen name, because she dares. Dares. I'm Melody Carlisle. And I'm Sabrina Bradley. And this is Heaving Bosoms. This is the podcast where best friends recap romance novels and other kissing media that makes us swoon, snark, and refills our cups. Whether you've read the book or are coming in blind, we'll lay bare every delicious scene and revel in the tropes and subgenres that make romance amazing. All right, listener, strap in and strap on. Headphones are highly recommended. Well, hello. Hi. We had to push this back, but I'm very excited to be here because I've been chomping at the bit to continue talking about any Duchess will do with I you. I know. I know. And my house is dead silent. Oh, my God. Because That must be amazing. Yeah, it's amazing. It's weird. It's all the things. I'm feeling all of the emotions these days because, listener, last night... I dropped my family off at JFK airport and then I drove away. <laughs> like it was wonderful and like they're going to have so much fun in Taiwan and it's going to be so great for 12 days. But also but also like watching them like fade into the airport was like oh my one god, of the I'm literally things. getting chills because like oh. it's always painful even when it's not family like whenever friends come fly yeah. in and visit me just watching them like walk away and like turn around like do you ever do you do the thing where either you're walking into the airport or they're walking into the airport and you're just like they keep turning back around yeah. to Bye. wave and you keep waving back and it's like I know and like Michael- it feels you're like it's not like they're gone forever. No, they're gonna they're be not. back, and we're <laughs> but gonna it sucks. FaceTime, and it's gonna be great. Like it's all good, but it was also the sweetest picture in the whole wide world because Michael had two giant bags, and so we put the backpacks on the kids, and then he was like, "Okay, I need your help. I need you to hold. I need you to hold each other's hands." And so I just watched them walking, and it's Michael, and then the two kids holding each other's hands with their giant backpacks on, and I was just like, oh. Oh, no. <laughs> Is this Valor's first time? It's her on a big long trip. No, we took her when she was ten months old, but it's her first time. Yeah, it was a it was a nightmare. Honestly, to Taiwan. Yeah, she was the worst traveler. How long is that flight? It's like seventeen hours, depending. Yeah, no, and and honestly, like Ember was a goddamn dreamboat. He would just like lay on his little thing. And he would play with us. And, like, it was still a long flight, but he was just, like, a cool hang. 
Valor, on the other hand, was the nightmare baby. Hmm. Like, Mm -hmm. she couldn't be on anybody but me. She couldn't sleep. She was uncomfortable the whole time. She, like, oh, my gosh, she was screaming. Like, it was an actual nightmare. And I'm a little worried, but it's going to be fine. I'm pretty sure I've told you about this already, like, right after I got back from England, but I don't think I said it on pod. (laughs) I like kids. Hmm. I like the fact that people take their children on trips. That is entirely (laughs) your right. Cultural. I support you. Stuff. It's beautiful. Mm. This is definitely controversial, but there are definitely moments on flights where I'm like, are we sure it's illegal to just sedate a child? (laughs) Like, are we sure? Like, are we sure that CPS is going to be waiting for you when you get off the plane? No, Sabrina. Just a little bit of Benadryl. I'm just a little bit. I'm going to be fully honest with you. After we had that first nightmare flight... We were in Taiwan, and I was like, you know what? We could just see about some baby melatonin, mm-hmm. you know? Like, we could try that. We walked Well, that's into... the thing. It's not like I'm saying give them a horse sedative, okay? No, certainly like, not. Just but, like, a little, you know. A little something, something. Yeah. So we go into a Taiwanese pharmacy, and, like, they ask for it, and every single human in there looked at us like we were actual monsters. <laughs> that was just like, you well, don't guess understand. what? Well, so then we didn't, and I it was would a have been looking back. I would have been looking at them like they're actual monsters, because my flight back from England, there were two children in one family. One was maybe three and a half, four, mm-hmm. and the other was definitely under a year old. They took turns screaming. It's yeah. like they planned it. Yeah. <laughs> the entire 10-hour flight back. Yeah. There was no... And no, then when it's bad, it's bad. Another child from a different family kept somehow breaking free as if they have some place to go on a fucking lipstick <gasps> tube in the sky, <laughs> breaking free from their family, running down the aisles and punching us. <laughs> oh, what? I don't think it was intentionally getting punched, but like they were just flailing and as you know youths youthy youths like child youths not a great amount of body control so i think that they were just flailing i don't care those parents are actual monsters because like don't get me wrong the plane ride with valor one of us we figured out that one of us just had to walk up and down the plane with her roughly the whole time there were three that of us sucks but like so we that... figured it out but like i'm not mm-hmm. gonna let my kid punch strangers in the arm no 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 to be clear well one for other people they were lucky enough to get flailed in the arm i was unlucky enough that i was like curled up on my lap with my head down oh, and so no. i just got a full-on smack in the face and oh. then which was startling because i'd finally fallen asleep and then they finally like the parents are scrambling literally like what's like you know in like animes or like cartoons where like they come like flying around a corner and it's like, oh, yeah. And then just like right back at like fucking going. That was those parents because, of course, the child like ran down, got back into the galley area. The flight attendants were like, what I the fuck? cannot. But then, but then they got the child. And on okay. the way back, I was like, okay, so maybe it's illegal to drug your child, but are we sure it's illegal to shackle your child? <laughs> because those feet. Those feet were flying. And they I was make like, baby leashes. I need you to trust that puppy up like the cutest goddamn Thanksgiving <sighs> turkey you've ever seen. <laughs> <laughs> I 
<laughs> but like I said, no, I, I love it. kids. Enjoy it. I'm so glad they got to go see England and enjoy themselves. And it was mm-hmm. wonderful. I just wish you weren't such a terror. No, I hear you. Well, yeah. So then we didn't, you know, get any bel- melatonin or anything for children in Taiwan. So well, yeah, the because back, they're going to report you for Taiwanese child protective services. Something. Yeah. So, like, we did the flight on the way back, and I'm telling Erin this story afterwards. And she was like, you know what Alaskan parents call melatonin, right? And I was like, what? No, what? And she goes, nighttime vitamins. Because, like, in the (laughs) summer, it never gets dark, you know? And so, like, you put the dark shades on, but then a lot of times kids need something a little bit more to, like, get their sleep patterns normal. So Mm -hmm. apparently it's totally normal in a lot of places to give your children melatonin. This bullshit. Anyway, so, yeah, I didn't and I should have. All right, I should have looked at those judgmental people right in their beautiful faces, and I should have said, go fuck yourself. Be like, if I want to give my baby nighttime vitamins, I will give my baby nighttime vitamins. (laughs) Anyway, yeah, it's the first day without them, and I did sleep until 10, I'll tell you that much. Ooh, I bet Um, that was so nice. Yeah, I woke up and the sun was all the way up, and I was like, oh. So... I almost texted you, so I woke up at 9, yeah. which was 10 your time, and I was almost like, hey, if you wanted to record earlier, we could definitely do that. And then I was like, actually, <laughs> Mel's probably still sleeping. Like, it was beautiful. Mel deserves mm-hmm. uh, a, a little bit of a lion. Yeah, it was nice. So before we get into this book, we get to shout out a bunch of people who joined our Patreon. <laughs> And I'm so excited about it. We're so excited. In fact, so excited that we're slipping this back in a little bit. Because I was going to say, we we might sound a little stilted and weird. And it's because we're actually recording this about 50 minutes into the recording. And then I'm going to do some post magic and put it up top. We mostly (laughs) just got really excited that Patreon was already put together. And I was like, Mel, I'm so proud of you. This is incredible. How wonderful. And then... You know, and then we just got into the so, book. Okay, but now, before we do that, Sabrina, remember, it's before. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We would like to welcome Stephanie and Alicia P., Jessica and Patricia L., Linda B. and Anna, Charlotte F. and Megan G.M., Ida P. and Samantha K., and last be, lastly, but not leastly, Kristen C. E. <laughs> and Devin K. Thank you so much. <gasps> we appreciate you so deeply for everything that you help us make possible. Yeah. And like, I don't know. We just have so much fun on the Patreon, too. And so I love sharing that with people. Hell yeah. Like, in addition to doing HOSAB, the House of Sky and Breath right now, we just had our Fifty Shades Darker watch party. And God, that was fun. Do you do you know when our Fifty Shades Freed watch party is going to be? So our next Fifty Shades watch party, which is the last watch party, is going to be on March the 8th. So Ooh. that's coming up soon yeah, if when you this episode come, comes out. I know. If you want to come hang with us on March 8th. We always have a blast. Fun. And everybody immediately knows my tell now. And calls me out really aggressively oh, yeah. when something happens on oh, yeah. screen. 
when she's having some pants feelings but doesn't want to talk about it. <laughs> it's so different. <laughs> it's not just you and me and I can't I can pretend that nobody else is listening. <laughs> I know. Any hoodle. So yeah. March 8th. Can't and wait then, to see you. Oh, there was yeah. And then we also have some um after March 8th in April, we're going to start doing author hangs as well. So we'll be mm-hmm. bopping in between author hangs and watch parties. And I'm super excited. Yeah. So April 12th, Friday evening, mm-hmm. will be our next watch party with Victoria Aveline. And we're going to be doing lots of fun things. We'll get to talk to her about some of her books that are coming up soon. We're going to be doing rom-com mm-hmm. trivia with her. And then Indeed. we're going to just kind of hang out and talk books. Yeah. Because the point of an yeah. author hang is that you get to come at- interact with them, too. This isn't intended to be just an interview where Mel and I are right. asking a ton of questions. This is come fucking hang out with some authors that we've loved on the podcast. Absolutely. It's an author hang mm-hmm. and it's a good time. So, yeah, April 12th is and that's Ember's birthday, too. So that'll be exciting. Yay. Oh, you're going to okay. be hyped. <laughs> I I am going to be hyped. Yeah. Hopefully I'll have lots of cake in my body. Okay, All right, now so. we're going to scootle dupe and we're going to say, now it's time for book. Oh, thank goodness. I, I Oh, my goodness. Okay, so one, wow, I can't stop thinking about this Discord message because I was about to be like, before, like, as we're about to get back on track, we've never been on track. We <laughs> literally somebody for the episode commentary and I don't remember who said it, but apparently in the um, uh, HOSAP episode that went up oh. on Friday, I have no memory of this, but you and I were just bantering back and forth like fucking shotgun, like machine gun fire banter. <laughs> and then I, like we were about to get started and I was like, wait, hang on. I'm going to derail us before. Like, like uh, let me derail us a little bit. There were no rails. <laughs> well, they were like, you haven't even been railed yet. And I was like. <laughs> that you're not wrong. No, you're no, not you're wrong. not. And yeah, like, <laughs> And now that's all I can think about. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, that's all I'm going to be able to think about for the rest of <laughs> Haven't even been anyway. railed, everyone. Yeah, haven't. Well, now I've derailed my um, myself again. Let's just get into the book. Oh, I dreamed. I oh. dreamed about Any Duchess Will Do. Incredible. It was bonkers. It made no sense. I'm also pretty sure there were like 18 other historicals showing up in the middle of it. But I was like, I woke up and I was like, I might need to do a Tessa Dare reread, specifically mm. Spindle Cove. Those books are so good. We should do a Patreon episode on um on A Week to Be Wicked. That's the one, the road trip mm-hmm. one. Fucking I Minerva. feel like honestly, all of them come back. Like we're seeing yeah. the first book people and yeah, Susanna. Mm-hmm. And so I think the second book too. Has because everybody up. Spindle Cove ladies stick together. You must. They're female friendships. Oh. Are just wow, wonderful. Okay, yeah. so when so we left we'll definitely off, look into that. There had been a finger bang that was the end of all finger bangs, and then she was like, "Take me upstairs because this is this might be my last chance to ever have good sex." And he was like, "I would love to, but I can't. I just can't. I can't because oh. I'm a sad, I'm a sad boy. I'm a sad broken boy. Yeah." <laughs> So then the next morning, 
when she walks into the fucking dining room, or I'm sorry, dining hall, uh, Griff stands for her. <gasps> like he would stand for a lady. And then immediately his mama, the Duchess, is like, oh, in- interesting. Uh, uh, you you have the day off. I'm, I'm leaving. Goodbye. And uh, she looks at Griff and she's like, dude, what you are can't you be doing? doing that shit. This makes it very clear that something's happened. Yeah, like, this makes it very clear that something has changed between us. And he looks her dead in the eye and he said, something has changed between us. (gasps) (gasps) (laughs) It's so much, you guys. And then he tells her, he's like, we're going out. Go get your wrap. Yeah. Sir, where are we going? And then, guess what, listener? Best date in the whole wide world. The sexiest thing that could have. You want to talk about a tax deductible ass? God, this man has one. (laughs) Actually, that's entirely inaccurate. He's landed gentry, but. No, but later on, he's got a mega tax deductible ass. Uh huh. I'll tell uh you that much. Oh, just wait. (laughs) Just wait. (laughs) Nobody can knock West off of the pedestal that I have him on, Mm -hmm. but Griff is pretty close. Pretty close. So, listener, he takes her to that bookstore, except he doesn't know what happened. Well, okay, but let's make sure listener knows. This is the bookstore where the guy was like, oh, you're the Duchess's friend? Uh-huh, and I'm the Queen of Sheba, and I'm going to get my broom, mm-hmm. and I'm going to chase you out of here if you don't fuck off. Yeah, because he... Oh, <laughs> oh. he's an asshole. Well, then, uh, he says that he's taking her there, though, because he can't just leave her with a thousand pounds for her dream and call it good. He wants to make sure that she succeeds. Yeah, and this is a conclusion he's come to because of advice she gave him about, like, you know, uh, donating to the the youth hostel or whatever. The youth hostel? That's not how that works at all. <laughs> no. Um, that orphanage. Mm-hmm. What is it called in, in England times? The hospital. Uh, 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 the foundlings sad, hospital uh, the saddest baby hospital is yeah, what it really is yeah anyway so he's like you were right about that and i'm gonna apply the same logic with you so instead of just giving you a thousand pounds and like, telling you to, fuck to be off, clear she's not a charity griff like no but he like it, it's also very clear that he doesn't think that you know what I mean? I know. It just like at but first, you're though, right. that's that's where that's where my brain would go immediately. I'd be like, "Oh, that charity that you run. Um, I'm your next charitable, <laughs> charitable situation." <cause. laughs> yeah, like what the fuck? No, you're totally right. Yeah. I'm just being very but, charitable to Griff. <laughs> I mean, that's fair. To be clear, he doesn't deserve it right now. No, but he I support you. <laughs> I'm I'm looking back with rose-colored glasses. You know what I mean? You, I'm looking you back. You are you are whimsying so <laughs> fucking hard. You are whimsying like that's the only exercise that you get. It's true. <laughs> oh my god, look at me frolic. So, okay. So she is like, wait, that bookstore? Can we go literally anywhere else? And he's like, no, this is the best one. This is where my family has always shopped foreverdom. And she's like, okay, but I really want to go somewhere else. And they talk about it for a minute. And then finally she says, no, you don't understand. I can't go in there. I can't. And he's like, who pretty woman do you? Tell me (coughs) everything that happened (laughs) right now. (laughs) Fuck, Mel. <laughs> I didn't. Really- I was not. I was not prepared for that comment. <laughs> yeah. And so she tells him that this guy treated her like shit that he was getting off of his shoe, 
And he's like, he she gets this look on her his face, and then he's like, "Don't worry, we're oh, gonna take care of this." You, and this is the point where I'll be your charitable cause, buddy. I, let me know. Yeah. So they go mm-hmm. in there, and the guy is like falling over himself now to be like, "Oh, my lord, hello. Well, what can I get for you, my my Duke of Wonderful? What?" Tell and me then, and then the fucking Duke is like apologized to her and this dude has the worst apology in the world. First he says he does not remember her. So many people come in here. He so definitely remembers her. He remembers that rat child that he, he is, wanted to scoot out with a broom. He is sweating fucking bullets right now trying to claim he doesn't remember her. And then he says he does that non-apology thing. He says like, oh, I'm so sorry if there was anything that happened that made you feel uncomfortable. And then, so what's his nuts? Yeah. Mm-hmm. No, finish, finish. I just oh, have a yeah. story for you because oh, I yeah. witnessed something happen like <gasps> this as a youth, and it was one of the most incredible things I've ever seen. Whoa, I'm so excited. Well, mm-hmm. yeah. So Sebastian says, Do you accept that? And she says, I suppose. And then he's like, All right, get out your pad and paper and let's do some business. Tell me your story. So I grew up in Southern California. My mom was in the horse business, and that is a wealthy people's thing in a lot of places, but especially yeah. in Southern California. I was with my friend and her mother. They were very wealthy, and we were there with one of our other friends who was on the bigger side, right? Okay. We go to their favorite clothing shop. Oh. In, it wasn't Beverly Hills, but it was some other, you know, like fancy. Hoity place. Bourgeoisie fucking whatever. And they didn't carry the friend's size. And they were oh like, nothing. They did all. mean girls on her. She wasn't even like, this is a normal size child. We were like 12 years old. Like, Jesus. What the actual fuck? And uh, the mom straight up looked up places on her phone where we could go instead. And the shopkeep knew them. And she was like, no, we're not shopping here because this isn't acceptable. Incredible. You need need to carry larger sizes. And then we left. Nice. Nice. And it just, when I was reading this scene, I was like, I just love it when, like, put your money where your mouth is. Yeah. Because, like, they very very well could have just continued to shop there. But as far Mm -hmm. as I know, they never went back. Wow. That's great. Yeah. And so when I saw this, Griff doing this. Because get ready, everybody. He does something even worse to this man. Mm. I love it. It was so good. He fucking told the shopkeep he was like throwing down names. He's like, I need this. I need that. I need all of these things bound in red leather with gold embossing on the front side and back. They need to be beautiful. Giving him all of this information and the shopkeep is like now his heart has grown seven sizes. Oh my God. He's He's got dollar signs in his eyes for days and he's so Mm -hmm. excited. He's like scribbling everything down because the list is long and it's like three copies of each Mm -hmm. and it's a whole business. Well, he's also a dick about the fact he's like, this is for the young ladies library because he's getting her some trashy novels. Yeah. And uh, then he gets the list and he looks it over and he's like, okay, yeah, everything looks good. Thank you so much. Um, then he Have rips the sheet out of the guy's mm-hmm. ledger so that he's got his own list. And then he says, and now we're going to take this to your competitor because mm-hmm. she might accept your apology, but I don't. Mm-hmm. <gasps> mm-hmm. And, well, and right now and right before this, as they were like looking through the supplies, they decided on red leather 
because it's practical and it'll stand out and it'll be like a signature thing. You know, ladies mm-hmm. walking around with, with red, red leather books, you know it came from her lending library. Mm-hmm. And But as they were doing that, she's like fondling this, this kid skin leather that's like totally impractical, but like the, the butteriest, softest, mm-hmm. most wonderfulest thing. And, you know, doesn't say anything about it. And then they walk out. Mm-hmm. It was beautiful. She also makes beautiful. a comment in her big old beautiful brain earlier. Mm-hmm. Pauline's like, this is part of my fairy tale. This shopping yeah. trip is part of my fairy tale that I can't have. Because she has realized that he knew how much it meant to her that she did that in the bookshop. Or he did that in the bookshop. And mm-hmm. she's going to fall in love with him. She acknowledges this. Absolutely. And, like, I loved this because we've already gotten the traditional makeover montage shopping spree. But mm-hmm. this is the makeover montage shopping spree that matters to her. And, it's and so he beautiful. knows that. Yeah. Because the woman who put her through the other shopping spree is now <laughs> ill in the most fucking hilarious way oh, ever. Oh, she's ill. They show the up and are there. Lady, the yep, Lady Awful shows up and she's like, oh, where's your mother? Your mother is sick in bed. And uh, he's like, fuck, we have to go home now instead of going to the other uh, book place. Well, and they get- just really quick for listener's sake, Mrs. Awful starts this conversation by being like, oh, I, I, we stopped by so I could get to know your lady friend a little bit better. I was wondering who her people are because my copy of Debrett's didn't help at all. And she's like, she knows. She knows something. And then. Well, also, like, I think the funniest thing to me is, like, the Duchess and the Duke also know. They're very aware yeah. that they have a barmaid. That's the whole thing. Yeah. That's the whole like, thing. God damn it. Well, so, so then they, they get home. home. And he's beside himself. Well, yeah, because as much as they piss each other off, they are so close. And then we and get there, the and she's like, family they have left. <gasps> oh, no. She's laying in bed. Like, oh no! Oh my dear I'm... boy, is that you? I can't. I can barely see you. Oh, I... oh no! <laughs> and she's like, I can't. I don't think I'll be able to make it to Vauxhall with you tonight. I, I can't. I just can't. I'm, I'm swooning. Uh huh. And Griff is like, Oh the fuck! I was super worried, but what? As soon as she called me my dear boy, I knew. She was making this shit up. She hasn't called me my dear boy once in my life. What? Do you have a quote? Do you have a quote? No, I'm about to have a quote. Yeah, yeah. uh, What I'm about to say. He sees a lump in his bed. There's a lump under the blanket. (laughs) Under the counterpane. (laughs) And guess what, listener? It's the knitting. It's one of the really fucking ugly knitting projects that she can't stop doing because she desperately wants grandchildren. Oh, my God. And so he is like, what's this? And goes to do it. And suddenly she goes from on her deathbed to a WWE wrestler. She's like, stabs him. (laughs) She stabs him. Here is a quote of what she was hiding. What are you? Is that a brownie bite? It's a brownie muffin because after I did battle post JFK traffic for an hour and a half to get home, instead of going to bed at 1 a.m., I baked brownies. (laughs) You know what? I am so glad that you have already gone full feral gremlin. Like, 
You know what? It's going to be my lady love later. Spoiler alert. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> All right. So the Duchess threw back the counterpane, revealing a misshapen baby blanket large enough to swaddle a calf. <laughs> Not even just a bovine calf, but possibly an elephant calf. The yarn had been changed twice partway through. So one third of it was peach and another third was lavender. Now she was working her way through a ball of pink. Skeins of white, green and blue lurked ominously nearby. <laughs> Pauline whistled at it. This is dire. <laughs> I know it. And it's growing worse by the hour. This evening is the chance we've been waiting for. You'll see. Well, because we forgot to say, Griff left the room. He was yes. like, well, mom's being a bitch, so I'm going to go find her a doctor because you're sick, right, I'm going to get her you're one of those sick. doctor with the leeches. I'm not what even going to you a nice doctor. <laughs> <laughs> but, like, I... How many times have I started a fucking blanket and gone, I don't know that this is big enough. So I I tear the whole fucking starting chain or the starting row out, redo it with an added like 20 or 30 stitches. And I'm like, this will be fine. And then all of a sudden I have a blanket that is five feet wide. (laughs) That's a very wide Well, and then you're like, if this is the short side, I have to make sure the long side is correct. (laughs) And that's how Mama Chen ends up with a a crocheted blanket that feels like a weighted blanket (laughs) because Mm -hmm. it's so big. (laughs) And it's beautiful. So I did that. I will send a picture of this. We'll post it on the Instagram. I made a rainbow blanket, my friends. Ooh, This thing. Recently? This thing is literally, I finished it, well, <laughs> finished. <laughs> who puts, who's, who puts, who's who, ever who, finished? <laughs> who puts the no, yarn nobody. ends back nobody. in the yarn? Nobody. Yeah, I uh, finished it and um, it was supposed to be a lap blanket. <laughs> this mm-hmm. bitch is roughly, I'll put it this way, I am five foot ten. Mm-hmm. And when I stand... On my tippy toes and hold this thing up with my arms directly above my head. Like, it's like I'm doing like that giraffe run. Uh-huh. Um, yeah, I, uh, it still touches the ground. Mm-hmm. This is the way. This is the yeah. way. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I have no regrets. It is the giant, coziest, comfiest thing in the whole world. Mm-hmm. Um, and it'll be even better when one day I actually finish it. But this is what happens you end up with an elephant calf blanket yeah and sometimes it ends up being 18 different colors that don't go together because you ran out of yarn oh my god and and michael's doesn't have any more of the exact shade you need (laughs) Mm -hmm. god damn Mm -hmm. it okay also listener i'm wondering if i've been doing an england times faux pas for the entirety of podcast. Because in this audiobook, bitch said Vohal. And I've always said Voxel. And so now I'm wondering if I'm a I've also dummy. always said Voxel. Yeah. It threw me off hard. But you know I'm what? Just, she's she's you know what? A I'll accept this. Because I say instead of I've never said Hertfordshire because oh. I knew it was Hertfordshire. Or her for sure. Mm-hmm. Her for sure. You gotta, you gotta just swallow all of it. Her for sure. <laughs> her, her, her for sure. Her for sure. Her. No, yeah. Anyway, so, I don't know what I'm doing. Apparently, Vohal. I'm a dummy. Let, 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 oh codes, my let god! Me know. It makes sense for it to be Vohal though, because of the A U X. I know. When you when you look at it and use your brain parts, it does make sense. But okay, but that's the French, right? And like a Marquis 
is not how you say it in French, even though it's a French word. So, like, who knows what the English are doing? You know, fuck the term Marquess. I'm gonna. I just call them Marquis. It's fine. Marquis. Mm-hmm. <laughs> They're Marquis. Yeah, I like that. Anyway, so the Duchess is like, you're wearing the amethyst necklace tonight because I want him to see you in jewels fit for a duchess. And Mm. this is crazy because she says, like, I just know I really like you and I need you to drop this because you're going to be heartbroken when he doesn't marry me. He's not going to marry me. I'm not fit to be a duchess. I don't do Mm -hmm. anything that duchesses have to do. And she looks at her and she says... There is only one requirement for a woman to be a duchess. Do you know what that is? And she says, no. And she says, the woman must marry a duke. And then she's a duchess. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, that's it. That's so beautiful. It is so beautiful. This is the historical romance fairy tale of dreams. Okay. Truly. Because the whole premise is this This mom is spo- this duchess. What do you call a duchess? An old Dowager. one? That's the one. This dowager duchess, almost, I think. I don't think she's a dowager until her son gets married. It doesn't matter. It's England times bullshit. Yeah, but But, he became a duke because his father died. So I think you're right. She's the duchess until he has a new duchess, and then she becomes the dowager. But this almost, this hopeful dowager duchess, the whole premise is she's supposed to be doing a My Fair Lady on Pauline. She just wants a baby to suffocate. Well, yeah, but but I'm saying, like, we've gotten to the point where first she was like, I'm going to do a My Fair Lady and I'm going to I am going to polish this this shit until it shines like a pearl. And now she likes like a pearl, like a pearl. That's I think that's exactly how that um, phrase goes colloquially. And that is all I have to say about that. That must be a New Jersey thing. All right. No, it seems totally accurate and a perfect Mm -hmm. imagery situation. Okay. 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 (laughs) Um, But now she likes Pauline so much that she's like, you are fit to be a duchess. You as you. Well, and the challenge here is now Pauline's loyalties are divided because she loves the duchess. She doesn't want to hurt the duchess, but she also doesn't want to hurt him. And as far as she's concerned, it's going to hurt him if she becomes his duchess Mm -hmm. when really it's gonna hurt him if she doesn't become his duchess because to let her go his brain his heart and his cock are just so in love with her they're all in alignment Mm -hmm. they're all on the same page Mm -hmm. his heart has literally moved to the center of his chest yeah so that it is just top to bottom in love Uh uh-huh those those mind (laughs) heart and cock chakras are all aligned, okay? <laughs> it's are, get, are people going to get mad at us about that? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> oh, boy. But yeah, so this is I now, though, the we have... chakra is the one in the pelvic region. Or maybe that's I think the... so, because that's the sacrum. Yeah, the sacrum is the, the tailbone. tailbone. Yeah, yeah, that works. Yeah, but the your so. front, your, your, your front, front sacrum is Well, there, maybe there's a different... I mean, maybe there's a different one for like the pelvic slash up a little bit more one. God, why can't maybe. I remember it? Doesn't matter. Anyway, Sorry, everyone, I'm an we idiot. do have a quick zippy zappy though to Minerva because Minerva knows exactly who Pauline is and she has realized that Pauline is here and the Duke is doing God knows what. And I need to tell you a quote that Please. Minerva says because she says to her hubby Colin, yes. 
That's the one. He's got Pauline Sims, our Pauline, from the <laughs> Bull and Blossom, and he's holding her hostage here in town. She shuddered. God knows what he's done to the poor thing. Probably made her his sordid little love puppet. <laughs> little does she know, Pauline would fucking love if he would do to be, that. Yeah, exactly. He's he. She's a uh oh. What's what's it called when you tell them no? Not rejected. Uh, not shunned. Scorned. Uh, not really. Yes. Yeah. Yes. She's a she's scorned, sexually scorned. She's a scorned love puppet. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god Mel. tell me everything you don't hardly look at the email because i'm in charge of email we have made multiple requests for fan art of things yeah and we had a listener say hey i've already sent in an embrace yeah i'm gonna start sending in all of the rest of my embraces now, mm-hmm. this was probably Robin. Isn't that who always sends in like 1,800 embraces? Yeah, it's the best. Okay. It may not be. I don't remember because I have a Swiss cheese memory. Who, whomever it is can't, doesn't do fan art, but they did make a bunch of hilarious, beautiful stickers. Like there's <gasps> Lord um, Asik. Well, look, I'll have to show them to you later. But like there's like CC memes <gasps> as stickers. There's just like beautiful things. There's celestial trumpets, things like that. Oh and God. now I'm going to make a request to anybody out there. I'd love a sorted little love puppet. <laughs> a scorned <sticker>. love puppet. <laughs> with sorted crossed out. Yeah. And scorned, like scratched <laughs> in and chicken scratch above it. So. Oh my God. Even though that's something that we could definitely probably make happen. Um, will the puppet, I just love. Will the puppet look like lamp chop? <laughs> No, have I told you that? So you remember how I'd never heard of Lamb Chop before? Yeah, and then all the millennials rose up. Yeah, well, to make sure you knew. No, not even all of those people. It has been mentioned to me out of context at least once a week since that happened. Somebody made a joke about it when we were playing Jackbox at my fucking birthday party. (laughs) What the fuck? Where did this come from? Have I have I just been not listening? <laughs> Up until it, didn't it was made a big deal. Brain. Yeah. Now it's doing nothing but pinging. <laughs> I, like, I, like, I feel like Lamb Shop takes up more room in my head than West Ravenel, and that's saying a lot. Wow. Uh, wow. But I don't want Lamb Shop to be the <laughs> Duke of my love. <laughs> I want West. All right, that's fair. That's fair. Anyway. We'll have to do something to remedy that. Anyway, yeah. so she's like, Colin, we have to go make sure that Pauline is okay. And Colin's like, I mean, I guess, are you sure you were wearing your spectacles, though? <laughs> she's like, yes! <laughs> well, then, and then he says some stuff. Well, so firstly, he is like, well, I'm going to buy you some books because it makes you happy and also because it makes you creative in bed, which, like, mood. Buy your partner mm-hmm. romance novels. But it was fucking beautiful because he's like, he says something and he's like, darling, men, are you truly that concerned because she's crying? And she says, no. Oh, Colin, I'm just so proud. You're using the scientific method. <laughs> it's so cute. Because, like, to be clear, this is definitely a, a, a beauty, beauty and the brawn situation mm. with Minerva and Colin. Mm-hmm. So yeah. then we have skadoodled along. We have zippy zapped back. It's time for Vogel. Oh my god. Griff is Voxel. Boy. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, it's fine. Both. <laughs> Bo Voxel. Yep, yeah. That's it. Yeah. Voxel. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. 
Fuck <laughs> soul. <laughs> Fucking hate that. I know. <laughs> That's it now, though. The Yep, yep, yep. It's Vauxhall. It's Vauxhall. Ooh. But like, so he's realizing. I just he found literally... a brownie crumb on my on my lap. It was between my legs, but it tastes exactly well, the same. Now you have a snack. You're probably gonna find more. That's what boobs do. Like, if I'm wearing anything remotely Your low boobs. cut. Well, wear something super low cut and you'll probably find things in your bra later too i found a whole ass french fry one time i took off my fucking clothes and my bra at the end of the day and just like french fries no. i was like <laughs> well didn't even notice they were there didn't even notice they were there because guess what it's big titties are sweaty titties that's and right i just those those french fries just softened right up it was horrifying I mean, little titties are sweaty titties so i you know yeah, I and so they just they just softened up. I had no idea it was in scale. there, and then I just took off the I just took off the uh, the bra, and they were like, "Hey, friend," and I was like, "I'm not eating that. <laughs> I'm not eating that, that." Is not a snack for later, contrary to well, popular belief. It is uh, not something that I will be taking. But guess what? Griff can't stop thinking about her, and his no. heart is still saying, "Her, I'll take her." He I'll can't even focus her. at work. Uh uh-uh. uh he can't do anything. Like, he can't function. It was actually really beautiful the way that like he described it. So you know that like thing that people talk where it's like you put the golf balls in and then you put the yes n- the marbles in and then you put the pebbles and things like that. He basically says that that like all week his meetings with the people he needs to be meeting with they're like cannonballs in a crate and thoughts of Pauline like mm-hmm. million grains of sand are taking it up or. Greens of crystals of sugar mm. might be more appropriate to say because she's sparkly and sugary from it the first time that he met her. It is. It's so cute. <laughs> but anyway, so they have to use a boat to get to Vauxhall. Yeah, they do. And she's never been I'm on a so boat. I'm so sorry. I can just imagine the people listening right now I'm just so sorry, screaming. I'm not. I'm so sorry. <laughs> that makes it worse, Mel. <laughs> no, I say it with the most love. <laughs> it's all about love. I think it's even worse that you, 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 I feel like it's even worse that you live someplace that was, wasn't that like one of the first colonies or like oh, one yeah. of the original this is 13? Revolutionary War Central. So this right is really here. just passed down. It's just, it makes yeah. sense. Hamilton never... hung out around here. I'm telling you. Hamilton. <laughs> he did. I'll bet he did. You have so much history up there. Meanwhile, mm-hmm. we just, I did not have that in California. No. I mean, I did, but you it do, wasn't. But it's like later. It wasn't like American Revolution history. No, it's like anti-Chinese yeah, history. Yeah, it's fine. You know? Yeah, it's awful. It's also, <laughs> there's also some really pretty uh, um, um, missions. You yes. Know? Yeah. Spanish missions. When we took and, over for from yeah. all those people mm-hmm, who were indigenous. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I, yeah, I, I hear just, that. It's fine. It's fine. We have a, we have a very beautiful history in the U.S. of um, terrible crimes against humanity. Yeah, we we hate the indigenous people who are there, mm-hmm. and then we hate the the immigrants who look different from us who want to like uh-huh. mine for gold or whatever, build a railroad. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> Fuck them Anything. for coming and trying to find their fortune. Yeah, so they have to use a boat to get to Vauxhall, and the ferryman. Okay, I have a question for you, Mel. Okay. Is this ferryman the worst fucking ferryman in the world? Because the lady was not even in the boat yet, and he was, like, shoving off. Yeah, he doesn't know how to keep anything steady. But I appreciate him and his incompetence because it does require a big old snuggle for them to stay up on that boat. The snuggle! He's just holding her to his chest? Yeah. It's so good. 
But yeah. So they get to Vohal and he is like, he he How sort of like you? has to fall in with his posse. How dare you be the person to coin Vauxhall and then say it correctly? Vauxhall. I don't know if it's correct. I'm still confused. The internet didn't even help me. It's fine. It's fine. So anyway, it's fine. Everything's fine. So he's like, I knew a lot of guys for a while, but like a lot of those guys decided to be responsible and get married and stuff. Mm-hmm. And so now I'm just sort of like, I'm just like King Degenerate. And now I have to hang out <laughs> with my posse of degenerates. So it's, it's Deckham. It's uh, Declan. 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 Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're right. Del- I was thinking of a different Delacour. book. Delacour. Or something, whatever. Yeah. Del asshole is yeah, what it is. Mm-hmm. And then a, a couple of other guys, and then they're mistresses, right? All of them are mistresses? I think so. Well, okay. and so he, to be clear, we've stated this. He has already decided he can't marry her, but he's going to essentially make sure she wants for nothing for the rest of her life. She's already been like, I don't want to be your fucking mistress. And he's like, well, then don't be my mistress. I'm just going to pay for the rest of your life. And honestly, I, I'll, I would not say no to that. Hey, do you, are you, uh, are you just a billionaire and are you, you don't even have to be a billionaire. No. If you, like if you're a Griff and you want to just take care of me and Mel for the rest of our lives, Listen, we're not going to say no to that. Patreon.com slash heaving bosoms mm-hmm. podcast, you know, or do you know how fast I'd be in that RV. <laughs> yes. Do you know how fucking fast I'd be in that RV? I would leave my house right now. I'd be like, you, all right, we can't finish recording. I know you would be in an RV. We would have a full-time editor. Oh, who knows? Oh, boy. Oh, boy. <laughs> Listen, if you're a griff out there and you're looking for some really entertaining uh, charitable causes. <laughs> Are we a charity now? I think that the government's going to have an issue. Actually, the IRS is going to be real pissed when all that money shows up in that Patreon. Oh, God, no. We're not, like, le- no, we're not governmentally a charitable cause, you know? We're just, like, in, in people's hearts. We could be a charitable cause. <laughs> well, so then Delacour is, he asks to dance with Pauline. And he starts to tell her some stuff mm-hmm. about how he and Griff have decided to save each other from marriage. And they made that decision, like, when they were 19. 15 years ago. What a fucking ding dong. And just tearing don't. up those brothels, you know? Like, I just, of course you don't want to get fucking married when you'd rather be spending literally every spare second, spare, spare second at, mm-hmm. whoa, spare second. 88, since quitting my ADHD meds, Mel. Yeah. The ADHD is so strong. <laughs> so, I'm so sorry. No, no worries. But anyway, she tells him basically, you don't need to worry about that. And Delacour says He's not going to marry me and I'm not going to marry him. Well, and then Delacour says that, uh, well, Griff's about to disprove that idea. Because she's like, what? What are you talking about? And then he comes up and he's like, that'll be enough. He's motoring across that dance floor. And he's like, I'm coming in here. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Meanwhile, she had had this plan to accidentally on purpose push Delacour into the punch so that she could be a laughing stock and do her job. She's ready to be the biggest goddamn catastrophe that Vauxhall has ever seen. That's the one. And so she's like, wait, you're getting in the way of our master plan. And he's like, you looked upset. You had a look on your face that seemed upset. What did he do to you? Yeah. And she's like, oh my God, I can't believe he noticed. 
So they dance around, and then well, he decides to take her for a walk. Well, before that, yeah, uh, he was like, Delacour upset you. Yeah. I can kill him. Well, let me kill him. Tell me why, I'll and kill I'll him. do it. Tell me why he... <laughs> Tell me why he fucking hurt you. Tell me how he hurt you. Yeah. I will murder him and I'll make it. I'm a duke. Yeah. And she's like, he's one of your closest friends from childhood. And he's like, and I'll kill that fucker. (laughs) You just say the word. (laughs) Well, and then she starts having another mental landslide with her sister, which I really fucking love that description. Mental landslide. Like, oh, that's such a good one. I've used that since rereading this book mm-hmm. but they go for a walk and she tells him about how marvelously he acted with daniella and then she's like why are you so gloomy and he says don't try to fix me mm-hmm. and then now they're making out against a tree that's right and he's picking up those skirts oh he's a, she's about to get a fucking traditional and voxel finger banging no there's there's also a titty out there the titties uh-huh. out in voxel uh-huh. Yeah. Which to be clear, from what I know about Vauxhall, this is it happens all the time. Shocking. Yeah. Yeah. This is this constantly. is the this is you want to talk about a den of inequity? It's Vauxhall. <laughs> mm-hmm. Among those copses of trees. So then he says, I don't want how does this happen? He says something like, I don't want someone. I want you. And No, he sh- doesn't say that. No. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. No, he says I don't want someone and she tells him that everyone needs someone and then he's a real dick about it and makes a shitty comment about well hard to find somebody when you're choosing away from a crowd of lackluster girls and she he was says, like he says i don't want to be in another situation where i'm asked to choose in a crowd of lackluster girls Ooh, and then she says i'd be so mad oh my god obviously and she's like, oh, yeah, absolutely. That's the worst situation anybody could ever be in. I'm so sorry. How about I just fuck off? Because that's fucked. Oh, and then and so she leaves. And he's trying to be like, Pauline, you didn't let me finish. Hold on, Pauline. And she gets bumped into by a hooligan of some sort. And then that realizes. hooligan. Yeah. Realizes that they ripped off the amethyst necklace. And they're booking it like you know into the mist boy and you want to talk about being a catastrophe she is chasing this man down and she's hollering curses she's like get back and she's slipping back into her accent from when she was a barmaid she's like basically like get back here you fucking toadstool you thief of in Mm -hmm. the night you bastard you rat bastard get the fuck back here and like everyone's just watching and and griff is running along behind her apologizing he's like sorry 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 she's not she's not not talking to you no this is not you it's fine it's fine (laughs) and she ends up getting stopped by twisting her ankle and she's like go keep going get him get him and he's like absolutely not you well he gets to her she's crumpled on the ground and she had like gone around a corner and he couldn't see her and so all he heard was this blood curdling scream and like all of his sphincters clenched and his heart left his body and he was just like oh my god if something happened to her i won't survive it so he comes around the corner oh, sees her crumpled on the reason. ground and she's like what are you doing yeah and so he she's like what are you doing go go after him go get him and he's like, no, absolutely not. What are you talking about? Are you okay? He's checking her over for wounds. 
And she's like, I just twisted my ankle. Like, it's so dumb. And you're going to hate me forever. And, like, she's crying. And she's like, he took the necklace. Ow. And, like, I'm going to figure out a way to pay you back. I have literally no idea. Because it's like a 12,000-pound necklace in England times money. And he's like... Yeah, I so don't. I'll be honest. Usually, I Google that conversion. I didn't want to know. It caused me too much anxiety at the thought of losing it. Are you looking it up right this fucking second? Mm-hmm. Okay, it's ten thousand yeah, pounds, by the way. Um, and I guess this takes it place in the early eighteen hundreds. We don't need to make this any worse than it already is, Mel. Okay. <laughs> Oh god. Um 18 what fi- what is it? 50s, 13s? I think it's like where are we? 1820s-ish. I don't know, it's England times. Just google that. England times conversion. <laughs> Historians are assholes and they won't acknowledge our very impressive term. We're scientists, smell. But I know. guess what? This year we're Sherlock Holmes's, which is why you're Googling, even though I hard whimsied, because I knew that this was going to be a mind-boggling mm-hmm. amount of money. Considering she would be able to live luxuriously on a thousand pounds for the rest of her life with a little bit of income yeah. from the lending library means that this is millions of dollars, isn't it? Oh, no, 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 no. What is it? What'd you put in? What'd you it's, put in? 10,000? Oh 10, God. Or I did you do 12,000 pounds? Nope. I did 10,000 pounds from 1820 to 2024. Have, before you tell me, I have goosebumps right now at the horror that I'm about to be under. You have no idea. Um, tell me. And, and it's going to get even worse because now I'm putting the pounds into American. No. Tell me. Okay. In now pounds, it's one million two hundred eleven thousand dollars two hundred twenty-seven and fifty-eight cents. Holy balls! Is that even possible? Okay, hey, there's is are, are there necklaces out there? Wait, you keep that up because now I want to know what a thousand pounds is in nowadays yeah. times. I'm going to look up... Wait, a thousand pounds is in nowadays times? It's just that divided by ten. Yeah, but I'm too lazy to do the math. So it's like, what, $120,000? Mm-hmm. Are there one million dollar necklaces? That's, I'm Googling $1.25 million dollar necklace. No. Uh, Well, the first thing that comes up is man steals semi-hauling $1.25 million worth of new Corvettes. Oh, my God. Okay, I'm not seeing. <laughs> what? Okay, just found an article on Yahoo Entertainment about uh-huh. a $55 million necklace that set a world record no! 10 years ago. To be fair, it's pretty, but also to be fair, it, I that's not $55 million pretty. Okay. All right. I'll yeah. send you the link. Anyway. Okay. Ah. Okay. That was... I don't like that. Wow. I have goosebumps on my body. Uh, it's a million dollar necklace. I... How... That's like... That like, sounds like a crown jewel. Like, how much are the crown jewels worth? Like, what the fuck? 
Jesus. I feel like I should know how much it's worth. I literally got to see them while I was in England because the coronation had just happened. But like, anyway, I'm not okay. I'm not okay either. So let's get back. Let's get back. Yeah. Oh, my God. If I lost that necklace, I would just drown myself in the Thames. I would just I'd be like, you can just (laughs) you can just drop me off. You can just drop me off the edge of a boat somewhere. Thanks. Bye. Oh, my God. So wowza. I'm shaken to the core. And well, I don't so know how to guess what? It's gonna get right. it's gonna get better from here because he carries her home and he's mad. Clearly, he calls a doctor and all of these things. Well, and she starts apologizing and he says that he's mad, but he's like, "I'm trying not to direct my madness at you because I'm not mad at you. I'm mad at this situation." You want some? Please quotes read the quote. Before? I do. Actually. I have a couple of quotes in a row. I'm just going to cruise through Mm -hmm. them um, because it leads to chef's kiss. A big romance. I'm angry, Pauline. I have immense rage for that brigand who dared to touch you. I'm furious that you've been hurt and I'm angry with you. Yes. For chasing after him, putting yourself at such risk. Do you know what kind of people lurk on those paths and hallways? You believe I'd value a strand of jewels above your life? I know we've had our differences, Sims, but that's low. You truly think so little of me? I... No, I think a great deal of you. Yeah. I happen to think a great deal of you, too. Kind words, but he spoke them so viciously. Jewels can be replaced. So can serving girls. Don't. Don't play that game. His brow pressed to hers. When I heard you cry (gasps) out, it was like a saber to the gut. I wanted to (gasps) die. I could have found you broken or bleeding or or worse. Don't tell me I care about polished rocks on a chain. I want to believe you know me better than that. I do. And yet you believe I'd be so upset about a necklace that I'd send you away? You just said that you didn't want me at all. I said no such thing. You (laughs) ran off before I could finish. I said I didn't need someone because you're not just someone to me. You're remarkable and stubborn and lovely and too damn brave for your own good. Your, wait, hang on, his hand fisted in the fabric of her gown. You're you. I want you. From the moment I stumbled through that tavern door, I wanted you. She pulled a hand to her mouth, stifling her emotion. Don't. He pulled her hand from her (gasps) mouth. Don't hide. Don't ever run with me again. He kissed her hungrily, desperately. If I asked you to stay with me, I couldn't. Stunned, she went still in his arms. You know I couldn't. Mm -hmm. I must go home to Daniela. I promised her and you gave us your word. If I offered you a home, a house in the country with everything you and your sister could ever need, I couldn't be a kept mistress. Not even yours. I'd lose respect for myself and for you. And he says, Mm. I can't marry you. And she says, I know. There's no way this can last beyond week's end. And he says, well, know this. I am damned well going to make love to you tonight. (gasps) Melody! It's on TM! Thank you. Thank you for reading all of I, that. I couldn't. I, like, I kept highlighting and I was like, I don't, 
there's no good place to stop and like i skipped a lot in those highlights that's technically five separate highlights listener read the book if you've not read tessa dare you need to go read the book book. immediately oh my god (sighs) wow yeah so it's on tm it's so on and they do some sex oh oh well he's going gently too and she's like yeah she begs him to fuck her like he wants to hard Mm -hmm. and with passion and he goes feral he goes for it he He goes for it oh my god wow because she says i i want you i want you whatever that means that's the way i want oh and then at the end, she cries because this is going to end at the week. And mm-hmm. everything about him is perfect to her. And then he just holds her and lets her feel mm-hmm. her feelings. And then yeah. she asks if he's hurt because of the wound that he got, the saber wound from last episode. And he confesses mm-hmm. that he's in desperate pain, but it's not on the outside. It's deep inside. It's and because she's been saying up until this point, I know that something is hurting you. I know that you're in pain somehow and you don't have to talk to me, but I would love it if you would tell someone. Yeah. And so now he's saying like, no, it's not, it's not anything physical. It's something inside. And then she says, do you think I could kiss it better? Mm-hmm. And he says, I don't think it'll work, but I do vow to lay very still and let you try. <laughs> Same, buddy. Same. Like, yeah, so yeah, we can good. give it a shot. It's fine. Yeah, let it a shot. Also, yeah. I just realized how ironic it is that what mug you're drinking out of, considering that's the last thing you have to do today, is work it to is. keep the tiny humans alive. I don't have to keep humans any alive. tiny humans alive. Mm-mm. You just have to keep you alive, and you're not a tiny human. No. I am a full-sized, bountiful human bountiful what i am i like that same okay listen i had a bit of a body positivity crisis the other day because mm-hmm. another thing i'm doing while the kids are in taiwan and it just lined up um is a friend of, I, of mine and i are gonna go to a traditional korean spa for her birthday and it's super well known in the area but because it is you know traditional korean nudity is required and required had required you are not allowed to bring a bathing suit period the end so I had a bit of a body positivity crisis and I was like I can do this we can do this we can totally do this and as I was I was like you know what I just have to air it out I just have to get it out into the world shed some light on it and so I texted my friend and I was like hey (laughs) this is going on with me and you know we chatted a bit and then finally I was like you know what I think it's gonna be liberating and I think I texted something like so so let's go and let's just wave around our capable beautiful bountiful bodies (laughs) she was like yeah yes let's do it (laughs) I can't wait to hear about this so I'll report back about how it goes Mm -hmm. because I feel like a big old hypocrite. (laughs) 
Yeah. No. Okay. I feel that way too sometimes. Like when I'm telling somebody like, oh my God, if I'm like giving them a, like talking to about like mental health or like body positivity or loving Uh yourself, things like that. Like I'm pretty good at that. Most of the time, some of the, a little bit of the time. Sometimes. And then, and then I'm giving somebody that talk and they're like, oh, is that how you do it? And I'm like, are you asking me to walk the walk instead of just talking the talk? talk? How dare you? How could you? Speaking of walking the walk and not talking the talk or talking the talk, but not walkie talkie bullshit. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Uh, Griff is walkie talkieing because he is. So they fuck, fuck it out again. And it's amazing. He takes care of it. It's so hot. And then he is like, but this can't last again. Mm -hmm. And then Griff, he makes some dumb fucking statement. I don't remember exactly what it is about servants. Do you remember what he said? Yeah, I do. What is it? She says, I have to go back to my room. And he's like, no, 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 stay a little bit longer. And she's like, but the servants are going to be up soon and they're going to be like lighting the fires or whatever. And he says, they're servants. Why in the world would we care what they think? And then she like stiffens a bit beside him and he goes, oh, please, please, please. Can we just rewind or can you just try very hard to not hear what I just said? (laughs) Can we just forget about the whole thing? Well, and so then she she says, I don't want to quarrel. No, no, but this is is important because she says, I don't want to quarrel. I don't want to waste what we have left. And he says, what do we have left? And she says, a week, Griff. Uh No. Well, and then she does get up and leave. And so she's not discovered. And she says, she walks. Uh-huh. Well, she through. asks him permission. She's like, can I yes. go through your, your joined rooms? And he's mm-hmm. like, yeah, I'll walk you back. And she says, no, 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 you rest. It's fine. I, I can figure out my way back. But then about 35 seconds later, he's like, oh, no. Like, wait. But it's too late. It's too late because she's in the locked room. And I'm going to trigger warning this for child yeah. death. If you don't want to hear about this. Infant and like death. also, yeah, infant death. Uh, go ahead and skip forward probably a minute or two. We'll keep it short. Mm-hmm. Turns out we find out that room has a ton of pictures of unicorns and rainbows and ponies it's an England Times Lisa Frank room. Uh-huh. And That's because what he, it is. <laughs> he had a mistress and found out that she that he was taken care of and she was pregnant, so he disappeared to go take care of her. Well, so he was pissed she, when he yeah. found out. Because mm-hmm. he didn't want children. She didn't yeah. want children. They were both very careful. And so he's like, How the fuck did this happen? She was an opera singer. And so He's like, but I did my duty and I put her into a country cottage and I told her that I would take care of her and the child for the rest of their mm-hmm. lives. And then Pauline goes, it's the he, done thing. <laughs> yeah. And then he does, in fact, do that. And then his daughter is born. And wait, wait, he I'm so sorry. This was so relatable to me. I'm so sorry. No, go for it. Because he says 
I put them up in the cottage and I went out there and it was going to be the last time I saw her. I was just going there to be like, you know, give her some final assurances about my financial support for the rest of her life or whatever. But then just as he was leaving, she grabbed his hand and he he was like, oh, this is weird because like we don't hold hands. But mm-hmm. she grabbed his hand and she put it on her stomach and he felt like just this wallop of a kick right into so, his hand. For the first time in my life, I was mm. falling in love, she finished in her mind, because he wouldn't say it aloud, but the truth was plain. He'd fallen headlong, irretrievably in love with his own child and in love with the idea of fatherhood. The loopy joy of it was written all over his face and frolicking all over the walls of this room. So that was really sad. So then he starts going out there over and over and over, and he's, like, really interested in the pregnancy, and he's excited about the baby. And then the mistress says that she wants to go back to her home country, Austria or something like that, but she doesn't think that her family will accept her with an illegitimate child. Which, like, probably for good reason. Yeah, absolutely. So she's like, will you find a local family to adopt the baby, and then I'm going to fuck off? And he says no. And Pauline's like, what? (laughs) Like, that's not, what? What does that mean? And he says, I decided that I was going to raise my child in my house, and that's when I started constructing this room. So he has this whole plan, and he's like, I was going to give her my name, and I was going to raise her, and I had all these plans. I had, like, years of birthday parties planned in my mind and outings and cultural enrichment and all the things. And he says that normally nurseries would be up in the dormer rooms, but he didn't feel comfortable having the baby that far away. And that's mm-hmm. why she's part of, like, the master suite set of rooms. So the baby is born. It is a girl. He was hoping for a girl because that would make... Um, he could make her le- he could make her legitimate without it being an issue because right. it he wouldn't be passing along the line of duke right yeah yeah and they named her which he he doesn't say this but like mm-hmm. he named her they were together and she lived all of a week but then she caught a fever and died well, and it turns out that we kind of heard about this from the Duchess, that in their family line, there's a history of only really being able to have one child. Like, even if you try, because mm-hmm. the Duchess had like three or four miscarriages, I think. And well, he, she had more than she had miscarriages, but then she had three infants that died in infancy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So like. And it turns out that's why Griff is so against marriage and children is because of this history and he refuses to go through this again like he is i I never want to ever ever even have the possibility of it fucking losing my child again yeah so she tries to get him to open up a bit more and he's like no i'm i'm done uh so you should probably go before the servants lay the fires Mm -hmm. and this is why he didn't open up his estate of ill repute Over the winter, this is why he didn't do, you know, all of the things 
that he normally does and none of his friends know and his mom doesn't know and the mistress is back in Austria. And so, like, he's been doing all of this grieving completely alone. Yeah. So she goes back to bed. Mm -hmm. And next morning, uh, the Duchess is ready and prepared for the prince's party. And she is now officially determined, no more catastrophes. We're going to make you the talk mm-hmm. of the town in the best kind of way. And then my son has to get married. And then that ugly thing that I'm knitting will be for my beloved grandchild. That's and right. that's when Griff walks in and asks what the hell she's doing. What the hell is in her hands? And she blames it on Pauline, says it's horrible handiwork, and throws it in the fire. <laughs> and then Pauline is practicing her H's and calls her a hypocrite. <laughs> so then Griff tells his mom about how the amethysts were not stolen. They just have a broken clasp. They're at the mirror. And then <laughs> fucking <laughs> Pauline says, hogwash. She muttered. Griff snapped his fingers at her. Verse. Because, to be clear, she's practicing all of these words by reading all of the H words out of the Bible. So she's like, holy. The the family Bible. Happy. Like, all of these things. Hell. And Griff snaps his fingers at her. Verse. Hmm? Chapter and verse. I should like to know Hmm. where precisely in St. Paul's letter to the Ephesians, he uses the word (laughs) hogwash. And then Pauline lies and says that it was written in the margins, which means they brought every single servant in to see who wrote in the family Bible. And then it all blows up. It all falls apart because she realizes one of these servants is about to get fucked because of her Mm -hmm. lie. And so she's like, "It, it was me. I made it up. I made it up. And, uh, wow, I feel so much better now that I've gotten this lie out of my system. Is there anyone else? Well, She's looking at him. Before that, she oh, yeah. starts to confess. So she's like, "And you know what? Uh, we're going to, I like, it's time for confession times because uh, Griff's lying to you about something. That's right. And Griff's like, and he, it's very clear that he thinks she's about to talk about the child and mm-hmm. instead she says the amethysts were stolen mm-hmm. they're gone because she realized he would never ever forgive her if she had said no something. but this does as you stated lead to confession times with the servants well and and she no but she's so she says is there anyone else looking directly at him and looking directly at the duchess Is there anyone else who might want to unburden themselves? She wants him to tell his mom about the baby, and she wants the mom to tell him about her secret knitting and her, you know, heart's desire for grandchildren. Yes. And, and like, tell each other how much they love each other and stuff. And instead, (laughs) please, please, Sabrina, tell them what happens. So I don't have quotes, but I do have a whole paragraph talking about what happened. Yeah. This leads to confession times with the servants, which makes it known that one of the footmen is fondling multiple of the maids, and now they're all mad at him. And then the footman (laughs) tells everyone that the butler wears a corset, and then the doorbell rings, and nobody even moves because they're in the middle of confession times. And Griff says, here's a thought. Why don't I answer that? No, wait, wait. wait. And the the most important important confession is the French... Lady's maid, I can't think of her name. She Blur. confesses 
that she's not French and that she just doesn't speak a whole lot so that she seems mysterious and you can't hear her accent. Well, she has a terrible accent and she also has a stutter. And so she was uh-huh. like, I didn't think anybody would employ me with my with my awful speech. And so instead, I just decided to play French and and pretend that I'm just like a haughty ladies maid so that people would think I was fancy. And she's like, my real name is Flora. Oh. <laughs> <coughs> and then well, she runs and out. Then- she's like, I'll get all my things and I'll, I'll leave immediately. I'll leave. I'm and gone. The, and the Duchess runs after her. Mm-hmm. Well, now it's time to go open the door. They do get to the door to open that door. And guess what? It's Minerva and Colin come to save Pauline. And Minerva calls Griff a revolting mm. trilobite to his face. Uh-huh. Wait, isn't it troglodyte? It's trilobite. I have it highlighted right oh. here. Okay. Yeah. Great. And now Griff is watching her like, what the fuck does Colin see in this woman? Like, yeah. trilobite? Really? Fucking busybody. <laughs> well, and then it turns out that, uh, and I had forgotten about this, but Minerva was disguised at the Den of Iniquity during the a week to be wicked. And mm-hmm. he's basically like, you're going to talk to me about being a liar and like like pretending that you aren't somebody who you are when, as I remember... You'd run away from the family with a scandalous rake, and I might add, lied to my face about your identity. I seem to remember Payne introducing introducing you as Melisanda, some sort of long-lost alpine princess and cold-blooded assassin who spoke not a word of English. I mean, really, an alpine princess assassin? And you will call me depraved? <laughs> and then she sat tall and indignant. You made inappropriate overtures to me, and you suggested mm-hmm. Colin wager my favors in a game of cards. What can you say to that? He spread his hands. Alpine, <laughs> princess, assassin. <laughs> it's just God, beautiful. It's I love Minerva. <laughs> mm-hmm. Anyway, by the end of this, they're like. Pauline, you can come with us anytime. If you're in a, if you're in any kind of situation, come with us right now, and we will make sure you stay safe. And so he's like, "Yeah, Pauline, great. If you want to go with them, go with them." And there's like a big pause, and in his inner monologue, he's thinking, "Oh my God, is she actually considering leaving?" And then mm-hmm. she says, "No, my lady, it's fine. I'm gonna stay here. I'm not being mistreated at all." Blah 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 blah. And then they leave. And then afterwards, he looks at her and he's like, what What was that? What was all this, my lady, my lord, and like, you know, eyes at the ground and being all submissive and stuff? Like, where's the Pauline I know? And she was like, well, I couldn't really tell them exactly what was going on without a lot of explanation. And also, like, it would do us well to remember who the fuck we are. Because there are... 33 ranks of precedence or something between a duke and a serving girl. And the rest of the world is going to remind us of that at any and every moment. Every single time that we're seen together. Or either of us are seen. And he says, I never forget who you are. And who I am. Guess what, friends? We get some England Times roleplay sex. What? We get some we get some demonstrative roleplay. 
Oh boy. So he tells her that she's right. They should remember their places. And then he tells her to clear mm-hmm. the desk after locking the door. And so she carefully moves the inkwell and then pushes everything else onto the floor like a cat. Just mm-hmm. ping, ping, ping. Goodbye. So he gets her up on the desk and yeah. like pulls her feet onto his thighs and is like slowly pushing her dress up. And then... Mm-hmm. He goes down on her. And it was mm-hmm. incredible. And it's never happened to her before. Well, of course it fucking hasn't. Because every person that she's ever dicked it down with has been only giving a shit about their own pleasure. Yeah. And, oh, I love this because she's like, oh, nobody's ever. And then he says something to the effect of, if you're trying to dissuade me, that's not the way. <laughs> and then... Like, mm-hmm. gets in there. Oh, do you have the quote? <laughs> Griff, wait. No one's... She licked her lips nervous. Oh, no, you are. You literally said the quote word for word. <laughs> I did? Yeah. Well, so if you hope to dissuade me, that was the wrong thing to say. That's exactly what just came out of your mouth. <laughs> I'm impressed. I do have another quote, though, that comes down comes after that. Because when she comes, gives her his hand to bite down on Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, yes, sir. And then mm-hmm. after that, he says to her, did you enjoy that? Yes, she managed. There were no words. Save that one. Yes, yes, yes. Do you believe that I worship every inch of this lithe, detectable body? Do you understand that I would take a saber to the kidneys before letting you come to harm? She nodded, breathless, good. Because now I'm going to teach you a lesson. <gasps> and he bends her over that Sir. desk. He tells mm-hmm. her to hang on. And then he tells her, manners, remember whom you are addressing, addressing, and gives her a smack on the rump. And she says, please, uh-huh. your grace. And then she <gasps> says, tup your humble servant, I beg of you. And he says, that's better. <laughs> I just what the hell and then she says harder harder if it would please your grace and he says oh it pleases me and then he just sloops her up by the hips oh yeah and just pounds her into oblivion griff he's literally holding her feet off the ground by yes! her hips yes and then while he's doing this he <laughs> tells her <laughs> yes he Read says it. I'm the Duke of Halford, he said, plunging deep. (gasps) She shut her eyes, trying not to cry. It was all too much. The emotion, the pleasure, the hopelessness. I'm the Marquess of Westmore. Thrust. I'm also the Earl of Ridingham. Thrust. Viscount Newthorpe. Lord Hartford on Trent. Thrust, thrust, thrust. And I am your slave, Pauline. (gasps) I... (laughs) I ha- I had to sit back. I have full body chills right now. Yes. And it goes I even need- further than that. Can this be a fucking TV show or a movie? Why isn't this book? Like this I'm so sorry everyone. Bridgerton is great, but like if I had my druthers, Netflix would have it would have been done. A, it, it would have. Ah. It would have been a, a Tessa Dare, pro- probably this series. It would have been a Tessa a, Dare co- or a Beverly Jenkins. It could have been a Beverly Jenkins. It could have been a Lisa Kleypas. Sure, 
I, yeah. I want West Ravenel falling apart and putting himself back together in front of my eyeballs. Yeah. But that pirate historical from Beverly Jenkins, like, I, I just... I haven't read that. It's fine. And, like, I haven't read any of the Bridgerton books. I've heard that to enjoy the TV show as much as I do, I should sure. just continue that. And that's okay. Yep. I'm okay with that. But also, like... Slave, I'm your, I'm your, I'm your slave, Pauline. Thrust, thrust, Duh. thrust. Oh my and, god! And there's more than that. Does it? Doesn't it go on? He's like, I'm your slave, and then it's like, I never forget who you are. His voice was edged with need. Do you hear me? Do you believe it yes. now? There could be a thousand ranks between us, and I would not give one damn. Every blue-blooded vein in this body pounds <gasps> with desire for you. I feel like jaunting over to Piccadilly to wait for someone in passing to ask me, (laughs) how do you do? Simply so I could reply, just had the best sexual encounter of my life. Thanks for Uh asking. (laughs) (laughs) Every blue-blooded vein in this body pounds for you. Pounds for you? How dare everyone? (laughs) <laughs> Absolutely not. Okay, Tessa Dare, Madam. Like now, I understand her pen name because she dares, dares, she dares. God damn it! <laughs> oh, I have, dude. I don't think you can see it, but like every hair in my body is standing on end right now. I know, I know. Yeah, and it's just <sighs> so hot. And then we find out the super cute thing that he successfully fixed the clock and he's going to donate it to the sad children hospital. And it's just super, I'm sorry, hostile. I really like that. The sad children (laughs) hostel. Jesus. Um, Jesus. But then they end up going, she's like, you can probably do one better. And they decide to do a, a Shirley temple. My, my dad is not dead in the war movie on everyone. Mm -hmm. Mm hmm. You know, where they bring yeah. all the... I hope anybody Goodies. knows what I'm talking about. Also, they bring... I, I don't, but I'm just going to nod along and smile because I get the gist of what you're saying. But so they mm-hmm. go give out sweet treats and things like that. And then he goes to find her and because oranges. she's disappeared. And she's in the... Yeah, got to get that scurvy out, man. Yeah. But, and uh, they make that little hat-wearing gremlin that we met earlier... The one one that gives everything out, and he takes it so seriously. He makes sure everybody is an even amount fair, and oh, he's such he is such that kid is such a joy. I anyway, sorry. Yeah, I want his book as an adult, right? Like I want him. He's precious, and I think he would be an absolute, just the most, the cutest, most sincere. I just want him to show back up. Mm-hmm. He's just a cute kid. The Little Princess in 1939, everyone. I'm so sorry. You found Her it. Na- it's The Little Princess. It's a Shirley Temple movie. And one of the big plot points is like there's a whole cache of treasure or something. And that's basically all I remember other than her dad's not dead. Oh, good for her. Zero dead dads. They give out a bunch of treasure right now. Okay. Well... While they're giving out their treasures, though, he's watching her with a bunch of kids, and he's enamored and sad he'll never have that. And then he thinks to himself, I need her not to leave. 
he'd probably blurt out a stream of desperate raving. Don't leave me. I love you. I can't go on without you. He'd send the children screaming. They'd have nightmares for weeks. So he just stood there silently reeling on the edge of lifelong desolation. <laughs> but then a baby cries. And it's time for yeah. Griff to get the fuck out of there. Because this boy has some serious PTSD around die sad crying yeah. babies. Understandably. Um, and so when he runs but out, she Paulina's, follows him because uh-huh. he's about to take a night long walkabout again. And she's mm-hmm. like, no, I'm not leaving you get into this, you know, hackney cab or whatever with me. And she sort of just picks a destination and he finally just like breaks down into noisy sobs with his head in her lap. Mm-hmm. And he tells her all about Mary and the week he spent with his baby and just the way like all of his all of his grief and this giant burden that he's been carrying around. He just he just pours it all into her mm-hmm. and it's gorgeous. Yeah. And while they're in there, they're also talking a lot to each other about how did this even happen? Like they're basically acknowledging that they've fallen in love and they're like, how did we get here? We weren't supposed to do this. This wasn't supposed to be what happened. And well, guess what? It did. Mm -hmm. It's just beautiful. And they both know there's nothing for it. Yeah. They both know it's nothing for it. So instead they say, uh, guess what? We're going home. And she's like, why? And he's like, cause it's not comfy to fuck in a carriage. Get along, We're little gonna make the most of it. Let's go. <laughs> Let's go. <laughs> and then they do go have a lot of sex, and uh, it's wonderful. And, and then the next it's morning, the next morning, and they wake up in bed, and she lies to him about telling him to go lock the door because she's not actually worried about locking the door. She just wanted to see him walk around naked because she's a woman <laughs> after my own heart. <laughs> and, and he it was beautiful. So pleased about this, it's adorable. Oh yeah, he's straight. He, he like cock of the around. walk puffs up, and he's like, mm, mm-hmm. "Yes, you like this." He's starting to get hard, and he's like, "Yeah, girl, yeah, you like this." <laughs> uh huh. It's beautiful. But then they are about to come again. She's, and then she's on top of him. Uh-huh. Importantly to me, Melody. Yes. She's on top of him. And then all of a sudden, crash, bang, the door, the door flies open. Mm-hmm. And Deliker is there. Yeah. And he's like, stop everything. Don't you? Oh, and, and, oh my God. Oh my God. Oh my God. And as they're about to come, he's like, let me come inside you. Will you please let me come inside you? Don't make me pull out. And she's like, yes, do uh-huh. it. Because they're both like, consequences be damned. Yeah, well, so Griff is unhappy about this, and I do have to read you this quote scene because it's hilarious. (laughs) Because Delacour is basically saying, we know who she is. She's a barmaid. They figured, like, Lady Awful figured it all out, blah, blah, blah. And he says all the scandal sheets. uh Uh-huh. At least no one can expect you to marry the girl. The gossip will deem her just another of your debauched larks. Toss her a bit of money and send her (sighs) off. But I hope you've been careful not to get a brat on her. She probably hid it from you. But there's imbecility in the bloodline. Griff <gasps> paused in the act of fastening a button on his breeches mm-hmm. falls. He looked up at Delacour for a brief moment. Del, it will take me about 10 seconds to button these. That's how much time you have to run. 
I'm not going anywhere until I'm certain that this run. He finished his last closure, swung his arms at his sides, Mm -hmm. shaking his fingers loose. I mean it, Del. You would better flee because I fully Mm -hmm. intend to kill you. Yeah. Love a protector. Love a protector. He's what like, a good you protect. will not talk about her or her family like that. Absolutely not. <sighs> it's just beautiful. And so they go careening around the goddamn townhouse, mm-hmm. and Griff is fixing to murder his oldest friend. Absolutely. He literally says, I died for her, and I'd kill for mm-hmm. her. The rest doesn't concern you right now. And he, he says that in response to Del being like, well, you wouldn't marry her. You can't believe yourself in love with her. And he's like, I'm going to stab you so deep in the throat that your children's children feel it. Okay. Oh my God. Also listener. Oh, this was so, this was so hot. They end up in like a salon where they normally play fight and they get actual swords. Everybody's armed. And he says, Del, I have something to tell you. You know, all those times we've been fencing together. Yeah. Do you have it? Do you have it highlighted? No. Okay. And he goes, I haven't told you. I've been holding back. And then he just attacks. (laughs) I anyway, the only thing that saves Griff. Anyway, the only thing that saves this man's life is her coming in and being like, Griff, no, you don't want to do this. Like, regardless of anything else, you cannot kill this man you do not want to do this and he says look at that it's a lowly barmaid who's saving your life right now Mm -hmm. and then he looks at her and he's like fuck it i want you yeah well and he tells her he's going to marry her that day like this is happening we're gonna get a special license today and then the duchess walks in and is delightfully snarky in front of Dell about how she already knows he's an asshole and that Griff is in love mm-hmm. is in love with Pauline. And then this is the best. somebody gets on they get on to Pauline about keeping secrets and she says, You would chastise wait, 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 wait. me before that. The Duchess says something like, So you're getting married? And Griff says yes. At the same time, Pauline says no. No. And then the Duchess goes, Oh, so am I the deciding vote? <laughs> which is hilarious griff should have said yes because guess what duchess was gonna say yes too (laughs) but anyway but then it all falls apart because pauline says you would chastise me for hiding secrets for not living the truth you with that locked room upstairs the color drained from his face he darted a gaze at his mother then lowered his voice this has nothing to do with of course it does she retreated a step. You're asking me to trust you'll love me openly, that you'll never be embarrassed or resentful of my origins, my family. How can I believe those promises when you won't tell your own mother about her? <gasps> and he's like, stop, roll it back. And like his mm. eyes are daggers right now. And she knows She knows that she is sacrificing her relationship with him in order to preserve his relationship with his mom. Because she's like, I'm gone anyway. Hate me as much as you want to, but please talk to each other. Take solace in each other. 
And so she says, you're ashamed of her. And he says, I am not ashamed of her. And she says, then say her name. And he just yells, Mary. Her name was Mary. Mary Annabelle York, born the 14th day of last October, died the following week. (laughs) She lived all of six days and I loved her more than my own life. He turned away from her, leveling a small table with a single savage kick. God damn it. Oh, the Duchess pressed a hand to her mouth. <sighs> this scene it's fucked like, me up so hard. I know, and I don't remember if it's now or in the um, in the scene in the room, but he says something like, "Like I don't need, I don't need a a girl to come in and save me and teach me how to love because I've already met that girl." And he says she was about yay big. It was in the room. And he holds his hand. Yeah. He holds his hands like about a foot apart. And like she <laughs> and she had no hair and no teeth. <laughs> like, <laughs> <laughs> Oh, my God. And it was so funny, but so fucking sad. Yeah. So then this is definitely the third act breakup because she goes with Susanna and Minerva because she runs out of the house, basically. Doesn't she run into Susanna, like, on the road? No, because everybody's there. Everybody and their mother and the town Shows popper is, is outside being like, let's get a look at the barmaid Oh, because yeah, of those yeah, scandal yeah. sheets. Somebody offers her five pounds for an interview with the prattler and, like, all mm-hmm. the business. And so she's she's like, I can't go back inside and face Griff but I also can't get through this oh. mob. And then Susanna's like, I've got Wait, the carriage. Come before here. that, can I tell you like the yeah. most heartbreaking quote? So oh, she, she, she <laughs> looks at him and says, I didn't want it to end this way. I hoped we could part as, as friends. He tapped one finger against the window glass. If you don't believe that I'd change anything, give up everything, move heaven and earth to keep someone I love. Even if it's only been a week, then you don't know me at all. It seems I was wrong about you, too. Yikes. Yeah. Devastating. Then she's outside. She goes and gets saved by Susanna. And then there was the most, like, friendship heartwarming quote about how Susanna and Minerva are going to handle everything. She's still going to go to the ball. Yeah, she's like, I'm just going to leave and go to Daniela. But they're like, no, you need to go to this ball and show, prove that you are not what these people are calling you. Mm-hmm. And you're not going to scuttle away in shame. You're not ashamed of who you are. Mm-mm. No. And she's on the fence, but then Flora comes in, and she's yeah. like, I've been sacked, and I have this dress and everything, and I don't have a and reference, like, and so I, I figured if I made you beautiful and it made the papers, I might be able to get another job. Yeah, and like we all knew. Yeah. We all knew she was not sacked. Of course she wasn't sacked. No. no. Adorable. But anyway, they get ready and they go in and... She realizes she's not going to be able to be on the list. Yeah. She will have been removed from the list. And so she decides to, like, go around the side through a servant's entrance and, like, she, mm-hmm. you know, she wiles around. And she's about to get to the major domo, who is the guy who yells the names into the place... Lady Pauline of Bell and Blossom. That's the one, yeah. And I'm sorry, Miss Pauline? In. Ms. Pauline, Sims. Um, she runs into Deliker, 
And he's like, you don't belong here. I'm here to protect Griff no matter what. And he gives her a five-pound note. I wanted her to kick him in the ball so fucking bad. I know. But she does it with phlegm instead. She, she, mm-hmm. she classily kicks him in the balls by saying, go to hell. <laughs> with a real hard H hard in there. H. <laughs> well, and then she gets in there, finds Griff, finds out that Flora was not sacked and was sent there by him. And he tells her because that he is- like he comes immediately over to her and he the first yeah. words he says to her is you don't belong here. And she's like, oh, no. And she's gutted. And then he says the most beautiful woman in the room should not be hiding amongst the potted plants. You should be out in the center. Come here. And then my favorite fucking scene oh. in the entire goddamn book. They run into Lady Awful together, and he tells her the entire sordid story, and he takes her dance card and starts writing mm-hmm. down the important notes, and, like, Pauline is popping in randomly with, like, more commentary, <laughs> and then when he's done, mm-hmm. he's like, I was going to ask you to dance, but uh, it would appear that your dance card is full. Yeah. So I guess I'll just, I'll just dance with Pauline instead. Mm-hmm. My favorite line of that was... Because he tells her everything. He tells her about the kidnapping. He tells her about, you know, his trick that he was playing on his mom and all the the things. And he's like, it was supposed to be a trick on my, the mom trying to kidnap him to. Oh, 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 oh. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he's like, he's like, it was supposed to be a trick on my mom. It was supposed to be a hilarious trick played on the ton. But it turns out that I played a trick on myself because I accidentally and irrevocably fell in love with this barmaid. And then he goes, whoops. And so he's like, oh, hold on. Let me write that down. And then as he's finishing, Pauline right over his shoulder looking over is like, oh, no, no. Add the whoops. That was the best part. (laughs) Like It's so cute. It was the best part. And then I thought the book was over. Mm-mm. No, no. Hon. But it turns out this is the Tessa Dare book that has five endings. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And not a single one of them yeah. is an epilogue. No, not a not a single not damn a one of them. Single one. So they end up <sighs> dancing. She's like, I fulfilled the end of my bargain as a complete disaster. And he's like, uh, no, you're not going to be the toast of London tonight. Um, But I think that it's fine. A comprehensive catastrophe, a beautiful, perfect failure, and I could not be more proud. Oh, but then he says, I've got my fastest team ready to take you home. To Daniela. And she's like, yeah. And she's like, oh, my God, that's so wonderful. But also, I hate it because that means that he doesn't, he still doesn't want me. And... He kisses her in front of God and everybody. And then he and gives her a sovereign coin for Daniela because he knows she'll need a penny. And he says, you've got a lot of work to do. But more important than that, I've got a lot of work to do to live up to the family legacy. So I've got the carriage waiting for you and it's going to take you home. And she gets in and she's like, oh, my God, that was goodbye. We're never going to see each other again. Oh, no. He tries to pay her before she gets in the carriage. He's like getting out his checkbook. And she's like, oh, my God, no. She like shrivels up inside. And she's like, no, I can't. I absolutely cannot take your money. You ever just think about how easy it would be to forge a check? 
1815. Back in England times? Yeah. Like, you what wouldn't even fuck? get caught. You forge a big enough check and you're just gone. I mean, you would definitely get caught. Bitch, I'm leaving. <laughs> I'm going to fucking... I'm going somewhere else. Here we come, Mexico. Yeah, maybe <laughs> like, if you fucked off immediately. And I guess I guess it would be maybe a little bit easier if... Honestly, Instead of like being like a that, servant... And trying to pawn something because they always you just caught literally trying to pawn something. If you literally just fucking write a check and get that fucking bitch cashed and leave, I feel like it would just, it wouldn't even have to be a big check, right? Like, yeah, who knows? It could be yeah. a, like a $25,000 nowadays check and that'll get you out mm-hmm. of town. It's true. It's true. Anyway, and I was like, what? So a couple of she pounds? Says, yeah, it's like three cents back in England times. Um, so she says, I absolutely cannot take your money. I think I would feel cheap and it would tarnish everything that's happened in the last week. Like, mm-hmm. so he says, okay, I, you know, I guess I'll respect that. So he puts her in the carriage and she gets home. Before she's home, Griff goes home, confesses everything to his mother, and then his mom gives him the ugliest scarf in the whole fucking world, and he mm-hmm. says that it feels like the warmest hug he's warmest, ever gotten. Warmest, tightest hug. Mm-hmm. Oh, and then she's home, and she they make it in time for Daniela to go to church with her, with her coin, and she gets back to see her bestie, and there's a package, and then a quote that made me cry like a fucking baby was... Because the package was the crate of books, and he, it's, she says, he knew her, this crate of books said. He knew her to the deepest, most hidden places of her soul. He respected her as a person with thoughts and dreams and desires. He loved mm-hmm. her. He truly did. And most poignant of all, this crate of books held one clear, undeniable message. Oh! Goodbye. Oh! Yeah. You're a ding-dong. It doesn't mean goodbye. He's coming for you. I would think the same thing. I would think the exact same thing. Oh, God. Like, I'd like to, th- I like to think that I wouldn't, but I think I'd also be thinking the same thing. Yeah. Like, how well, does it mean anything else? Is, I know. One of the reasons that she says this crate of books proves that he loves her and he sees her and he understands her is because everything is bound in red leather except one book which is bound in that that kid skin fawn mm-hmm. leather that she was just fondling but not saying anything about and it is a book of her favorite poet i know like how the fuck dare everyone it's so, so beautiful and so sad anyway, yeah we jump to months later the Two Sisters Lending Library is open, and it's been open for about a month, and it's a huge success. And like it's, it's chock full of women. And then one of them goes, who's that coming across the square? Guess what, bitch? It's Griff! <laughs> Holy shit. And so she's like, there's no way. There's absolutely no way it would be him. He said goodbye to me. Like, no. But then he walks in. And Charlotte is like, one of the ladies called Charlotte is like, I'll take care of this. Go ahead. Well, then, so he goes to walk in and he has to say a line of poetry 
or say a rhyme to get into the mm-hmm. library. And so he says, there once was a libertine duke. He he preferred trout and cod to cluke. He let his love go, but he wants her to know. I haven't ceased thinking of you since that night, Pauline. Not for a moment. <laughs> <laughs> and Charlotte's like, that's terrible. That doesn't even rhyme. And then she tries to say that um, he wants her to know every time he thinks of her face, he wants to puke. And and he's like, <laughs> no, no, absolutely not. That is not the way this rhyme will end. And then Pauline said, he deserves a stern rebuke. And he says, mm-hmm. I will take that one. Can I please come in? Please. Mm-hmm. So they let him in. And he comes over there and she says, stop right where you are. This, I can't do this. Like, this is, you can't just waltz into my life anytime you want to. It's going to emotionally destroy me. And so unless you're here to fall on your knees and propose marriage to me, you need to leave. And then there's, like, this pause. And then he hits his knees. And he's like, I had a whole speech. I really, I really, I think, didn't think it was going to go this way. I thought, like, maybe let me get a couple of sentences in. (laughs) He he hits the ground and she says, oh, no, Griff, no. And he's like, you can't refuse before I even ask. Yeah. Oh, my God. (sighs) So anyway, he asked her to marry him. Mm -hmm. And they have this whole talk about, like, how things will go and how things will be different and all those sorts of things. He's bought that asshole Lady Whittlebottom's house from the top of episode one. And he has plans to, like, make Sussex his His main home home with Uh her. And she... She like and he finally, sold everything. Like, he donated donated like everything, and it's so yeah. funny because Charlotte is now bemoaning this fact, like groans, uh-huh. and they're like, "What's that?" And he's like, "I could give it all away. That's the that's the improvement. That's what I can do to make things better. I was overdue for some improvement." And she's mm-hmm. like, "All of it? Oh no!" Charlotte moaned. Now he's worse <laughs> than an arrogant, debauched duke. Now he's a poor duke. <laughs> he's a, and he says, I will never be a pauper. Like, there are some things I legally can't give away. Uh-huh. But everything that I could, I decided I would. And he I says, found my duke- natural talent. Yes. <gasps> a si- <gasps> Holy fuck balls. I mean, I've I didn't know that the sexiest words in the English language was a systematic divestiture. Full. <laughs> A full systematic divestiture of the family's dispensable fortune. Like, I, one of the sexiest things is the wealthiest person being like, I'm fucking getting rid of it. I don't fucking want it anymore. I want you. I'm going to put all of it into good places. And like, you're worth more to me than the billions of dollars that I can legally get rid of. 
Yeah, I mean, because here's the thing, right? Like, not only is it a big romance, it's also just fucking practical. Because no human on this earth can actually that spend much money. that much well, or or can physically spend it. You know what I mean? Yeah, get like, rid of it. Like the fact, the fact that Jeff Bezos and his wife got divorced, and she has given away most of the wealth she got from that divorce. And yet still is incredibly rich and comfortable. Uh-huh. It's like, what what the fuck? Everybody well, it just boggles my mind on. because we the amount of extremely obscenely wealthy people we have in the US, poverty wouldn't exist if they just no. got rid of half their wealth. And even just getting rid of half their wealth, they would still have some more wealth than they could ever know what to do with. Exactly. Like nobody like, needs that much money in one place. Mm-hmm. You just don't. Yeah. Anyway, so he's like, yeah, I gave away all of the dispensable wealth and I can still like build us a fucking mansion in Sussex. My Mm -hmm. favorite in the epilogue, because there is an epilogue and it's years later and Minerva's having a baby and he's describing his life. Do you not read the epilogue? I have no quotes and no notes from an epilogue. Oh, let me tell you about the epilogue. It's great. Yeah, tell me about it. So- all the men are down in the bowling basket, the the bowling barrel, and they're drinking. The, <laughs> I can't remember what this fucking game is the called. The bell and blossom. It took me a hot. I was like, what the okay, fuck is Mel talking about? Okay, okay, keep going, keep going. They got kicked out of the house because Minerva is in labor. Uh, she's about, she's giving birth about a month early, which is dicey, especially in England times, but... They kicked the men out of the house because, like, they he just couldn't handle it. What's up? You are right. There is an epilogue. I knew you were right. This was too much information for you to just be making it up off the top of your head. Yeah. But, like, how did I just not? I was just like, I don't know. Book's over. Book's over. Bye. Get up. <laughs> Closing time. <laughs> you don't right, have to continue. go home, but you can't read here. here. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Okay. So anyway, they're all down there, and one of the other guys is being like, "I can't wait to meet your girl, baby." And Colin's like, "We, she had like they haven't been born yet. We don't know that it's going to be a girl, baby." And he's like, "No." Susanna calls it the Spindle Cove effect. Every first child in a family is going to be a girl, baby. Well, except for Ashford or Hastings or whatever Sebastian's name is. And and so he thinks to himself, he didn't want to. Like, it wasn't the right time to correct them about Mary, because you don't want to talk about your infant dying, you know, when your friend is about to be a father. Yeah. But I think he says he took a a thoughtful sip in her memory. But that's when we find out that it's not Pauline in labor, but that she's already done it twice. They have a little boy and a little girl, and they're, like, the happiest— And she comes in a little while later and tells Colin, he says, how is she? And then Pauline says, which she, your wife or your daughter? And the other guy is like, yeah, told you. (laughs) And she says, they're fine. They're healthy. They're resting. Like, it's wonderful. Oh, my God. She says, hey, I need you to take the kids for a minute because I have to run over to the lending library or whatever. And he says, okay, but I'm going to need something in return for my trouble. And so she whispers in his ear later, and he says, I'm going to hold you to that. 
And then he describes their like unique life as Duke and Duchess because they've got a weird, not customary life. He they live in Sussex most of the time. The Duchess runs a lending library. And mm-hmm. their kids, oh, their kids like always hang. Uh, the Duchess always enters the Bull and Blossom um, from the back in the back entrance, the servants entrance, like the employee mm-hmm. entrance. And it, it's just the best. And then he says, he says, and their children play with all of the other children. It doesn't matter their their economic place in the well, world. Yeah. And they're always. <laughs> And they're always covered in lumpy, ill-fitting sweaters. <laughs> oh, because du- oh the God. Dowager made them. Yes. And listener, I, I'm so sorry. One thing that we didn't say about the proposal scene is that he says, he's like telling her all of the things he's thought about for their life going forward. And he says, we'll have Daniela with us. And I know you said that Daniela doesn't like change, And so I was thinking that we could just decorate each room, like whatever room is hers in the house, exactly the same way in in all of our estates so that she'll always feel at home and it like her space won't feel like wrong. And then he said, and we can also, yeah, and we can also get her like a companion if you want. Mm -hmm. And she's just like swoon after swoon after fucking swoon. And she's like, I'm so thankful that you've thought about Daniela like this. And he says, there's no need to thank me. I've been an only child my whole life. I'm so excited to have a sister. Like I just, (laughs) the whole thing is too much. Well, hang on, but it does. We we skipped one other very important thing Tell me. in the proposal. Tell me because she Tell says, "Listener, it's too much. You're being too perfect. Quickly say something <laughs> horrid, so I know this isn't a dream." Oh, and he says, "Very well. I have a creeping skin condition, and I hoot like a barn owl when I reach orgasm. <laughs> but I know very well those things aren't true. They weren't true a few months ago. I think you'd better strip me naked and make sure nothing's changed." Mm-hmm. That fucking hoot. <laughs> Well, especially since that's a callback. That's something she said to him when Way he's going to hire her. Way back in the beginning. Her. Yeah. He, she's like, you don't know anything about me. I could have a creeping skin condition and who like a barn owl when I come. <laughs> it's like, no. <laughs> that's not what happens. Tessa Dare, how dare you write another fucking yeah. perfect book? I can't. Like, okay, so I definitely can't make promises about when we will do this just because of, like, you and I are shock busy the next couple of weeks already Mm -hmm. but i do really want to read at least like another one or two of these books and Mm -hmm. we can talk about them for patreon and just basically squee about how extraordinary tessa dare and her writing is and if you haven't read tessa dare listener and you like a historic hell even if you don't like a historical but you like fun witty thoughtful Mm-hmm. Books. This is it. And like, this is it. And she does the perfect combination of like funny and tragic, or funny and poignant. You know, like there's uh-huh. always, there's always that beautiful balance in her writing. Mm-hmm. That's just like I'm crying, but also that was a hilarious turn of phrase. <laughs> like, yeah, exactly. You know? Oh god, oh. it's just so wonderful. Anyway, and, so and like, next week we're doing. Um, 
uh, the in the middle of somewhere, and like I've already read book two of that series, so we're going to yeah. be talking about that for Patreon at the least, <laughs> at the very least, because I suspect I'm only three <laughs> chapters in on this book, oh, and I can I already tell that I'm going to be devouring the hell out of this and my and all the expansive rest of free time. So much free no, time. No, all the free time. To do- mm-hmm. It's going to happen. It's going to be great. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's going to be <laughs> We're wonderful. We're not going to ignore anyway. any of our responsibilities to read the next four books in that series. No, <laughs> not even close. <laughs> I've, I've been so good at my responsibilities anyway, so like... Totally. <laughs> totally. Okay, Damn Sabrina, it. I forgot what, what my, is your... I forgot what I... I literally love. said what my lady love was going to be at the beginning. Oh, Yeah! All right, I got fucking watercolor markers, and they're fucking incredible. They're like $70 on Amazon. Oh, God, Jeff Bezos. But anyway, I'm we're sorry, everyone, fine. but... Uh. But they were like $70, and they're fucking incredible. They have like a fine tip side. There's 160 colors, including diverse skin colors. It's incredible. Mm. And then the other side is a watercolor felt brush style thing that... If you actually, like, make the paper wet and then you draw with them on the thingamabob, it does the watercolor thing. And to go along with all of this, I bought myself a book, please hold. Yeah. Called Stunning Watercolor Seascapes. And it is a (gasps) how-to, like, step-by-step paint a watercolor scene of a bunch of seascapes. And I'm just... Fun. uh, I am so fucking excited and delighted, and look at this. Oh, boy. That's going to be gorgeous. I just, I'm very excited. I've just, I've gotten back into watercoloring and, or like coloring in general, and I'll probably be Mm -hmm. reading a lot more audiobooks because of it, and I'm just, I'm just really happy. Makes me happy. So that's my lady love. Buy yourself some fucking markers. Because I have so many markers and colored pencils already, but if they're not giving you the joy that you need in order to do the thing, fucking... When you can, go buy yourself a nice-ass set of markers. Right, right. The thing that, that lets you do the exact type of art you want to do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. My my lady love is, I don't care what time of day it is, if you feel the <laughs> need to bake yourself some brownies, whether it's just on a whim or as an emotional crutch of some sort, you mm-hmm. go ahead and you bake those brownies, okay? Because like I said, I did I dropped off my family last night and I'm so excited for them. But, you know, it's a weird it was it was just the weirdest feeling in the whole wide world. Like sending them off and mm-hmm. like coming back home, you know? Mm-hmm. And I did. It was one o'clock in the morning. And I was like, I'm wired anyway from, like, the tea I drank to make sure that I could be, like, a really safe driver there and back. And it was post, you know, it was, like, JFK traffic. There was standstill traffic even at midnight at one point coming from JFK back to my house. That tracks. Yeah, and it was just, like, you know, it was a stressful thing in general on top of, like, what I was actually doing and so I was just like, you know what? I'm I definitely want a brownie right now, but I also know that I'm going to love having a brownie every once in a while for the next 5 days. <laughs> so like, let's do it. <laughs> Fuck yeah. It was a great choice. I also think it's very yeah. bold of you to st- say that the brownies are going to last you 5 days. 
how dare you? I thought that as soon as it came out of my mouth, I was like, it's going to be a maximum of two. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I love you. I love you. I've already eaten um, four of them this morning, so. Well, I feel that because uh, the friend who was hanging out with (laughs) me this weekend to, you know, help, you know, just keep an eye on during some stuff that's going on. um, Yeah. Made peach cobbler, but I don't have any sugar in the house. We used molasses instead of sugar to make, make the peach cobbler. It made that bitch so crunchy on the edges and sticky and like the peach goes so fucking well with it. It mm. I think I'm going to eat that before uh be eat some of that at some point today before I uh Hell go yeah. back to being an adult. Hell yeah. All right. Well, all right everybody, uh, keep keep being a badass and, and love, love yourself as, as much as you love hooting like an owl when you orgasm. <laughs> <laughs> And love yourself as much as you love every blue-blooded vein in somebody's body oh. beating only for you. <laughs> yeah, because they yeah. are yours. Hoot, uh, hoot. Yep, that's a good one. <laughs> hoot, hoot. I think it's worse if it's like a super quiet one where it's like, ooh, hoot. yeah, you're right. Ooh, ooh, ooh. More like a dove. (laughs) As much as you love cooing like a dove when you orgasm. (laughs) Softly. I love you. Bye. Heaving Bosoms is produced by us, Melody Carlisle and Sabrina Bradley. Editing is done by Melody Carlisle. Our theme music is by the incredible singer-songwriter Brittany Fonts, and our art is by ultra-talented author Kate Pryor. If you like our show, remember to follow us on your favorite podcast app, rate us five stars, leave a nice review, and of course, tell all your friends about us, even if they don't read romance. If you want to get in touch, you can email us at heavingbosomspodcast at gmail.com. If you want more of us, visit patreon.com slash heavingbosomspodcast. You can also find us on Instagram at heavingbosoms, on TikTok at heaving underscore bosoms, and in our Facebook group, the Heaving Bosoms Geriatric Friendship Cult. Head over to our website to sign up for our newsletter, get our Reading Embrace printable, and check out my audiobooks at heavingbosoms.com. All right, we'll be back next week with more Swoons and Snark. See you then. Bye.